Yesterday was Purim. Today we celebrated in some way Shushan Purim. And what I thought is, you know, here we are having the shear this evening. Maybe it's an opportunity for us to take something away from this experience of Purim. I would venture to say many people who go through the wonderful experience of Purim may not give so much thought as Purim is lingering and then slowly ebbing away to try to figure out what is the takeaway message. What can we actually think about? So what I thought about was the following. We know that Purim is called the Megillas Esther, right, is what we read, and there's so much Hester Panim. It's the face of HaKadosh Baruch who was hidden, and not everything was exactly as clear as one would have imagined it to be. And often when we read the Megillah, we have the mistaken impression, like, oh, the story makes sense, and this is really wonderful. But the truth is, this was a very long, protracted narrative that played out over the course of almost 10 years. And therefore, as each thing was unfolding, it was not clear at all what was happening. And what emerges is that really, Mordechai and Esther, Haman and Achashverosh, everybody involved, Bixon and Seresh, and all the different characters who are involved in the story of the Megillah, were all really just pawns of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They were really the shluchim of the Ribbon Shalolam, doing and unfolding the miracle that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to take place. And that's what I thought it was worthy of thinking about, that so often we have so many different people throughout our own experience of life who also serve as just the shluchim of the Ribbon Shalolam, and we have to take time to recognize and realize that maybe we are the ones who are called upon to be the shluchim, or maybe there are other people around us who are called upon to do that very same, but sometimes we miss that message, and sometimes we may not realize that something in our life is actually serving as a message from the Ribbon Shalolam himself, or as a messenger from the Ribbon Shalolam himself. What I'd like to think about today is the following. It's a piece from the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim passed away in 1933. I think if he had the opportunity to have been alive today in our generation, he would have rewritten this piece on steroids. He would have rewritten the piece, and, uh, and it would have been far more relevant today than it was in 1930s when he wrote this, or 1920s when he wrote it, but it still remains so relevant, and we can just extract from it what is relevant to us. So the Chafetz Chaim, what I believe he shares, is such an insightful, such a discerning perspective about the advancement of technology and how he sees all of that as serving in some way as the shluchim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is not just that science is advancing, and it's not just that things are happening at such a rapid pace. There is a cheshbon to everything. There's a reason why this is happening, and this is God talking to us. This is God communicating with us. Like just in, we read in the Megillah, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was trying in so many different ways to communicate with the Jewish people. You just have to have the right antenna. You have to be on the right frequency to be able to appreciate the message of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I find this piece of the Chafetz Chaim incredibly introspective, very, very profound. Let us begin as follows. I'm not sure we're going to get through the whole thing, but that's why I gave it to you, that you can look at it on your own if there's parts of it that we don't finish, but you'll get the message. He begins with a Pasuk in Sefer Tehillim that we are familiar with. We say it on Rosh Chodesh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes his malachim. Ruchos, Mesharsav Eshlohe, there are many messengers and emissaries, there are delegates of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Harbe Shluchim Lamakom, he begins, and he says there are many different ways in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu can make an emissary do a job. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yeshlo Shluchav, Hamiyuchadim Likro Ulaoru Asa'am, the Ribbon Shalom has designated and specifically singled out many different kinds of individuals that are there in order to be able to kindle the spirits of the people. Lifanim, in earlier generations, Hayim Evatzeazos Bemzos Nevim Chachamim Tzadikim. 
Back in the days of yore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu used to have messengers who served as the physical embodiment of the Ribbon Shalom himself. They were the Nevi'im, the Tzadikim, the Chachamim, they were the ones who delivered, who communicated and conveyed the message of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the people. They were sublime, exalted individuals. But now, said the Chafetz Chaim, we no longer have Nevi'im. We don't have the kind of Chachamim we used to have. We don't have that kind of reality. It's just not the kind of world that we live in. And Mayata, so now says the Chafetz Chaim, Now, says the Chafetz Chaim, the hurricanes, the disasters, and the calamities all serve as the physical embodiment of God's message. So what used to be communicated through a Navi or through a great Tzaddik, Nowadays, is communicated when we have some kind of natural disaster that's going on in the world. Now, we've had, unfortunately, so many of them. And the question then becomes, do we actually pay attention to what could the Ribbon Shalom possibly be sharing with us with this terrible disaster? They have turned into the emissaries, the agents of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very strong. But many people just don't know how to listen, don't know how to hear. The next part that he begins with is his second basic premise. The first one was, when things happen in the world, that is in some way a shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The second piece that he begins with is, If we contemplate the following, We have new scientific breakthroughs every single day. A hundred years ago, in somebody's wildest imaginations, in someone's fantasies, they could never have thought of all the different technologies that we have today. Chafetz Chaim says, well, you know, and he's talking about much lower level technology than we have today. But we all know the Pasuk says, So it seems that there are lots of new inventions coming up the pike today. And we have many new things that are coming into our lives that seem to have never been the fantasies of those who came before us. What is the difference between a thousand years ago or a hundred years ago and today? It is the following. Things just change at a more rapid pace than they ever did before. What used to take hundreds of years to develop and to evolve can be done today in, in one moment. And therefore, and therefore, the events of the world are far more pronounced. And the changes are also more noticeable because if a change used to take a hundred years to play out, so slowly, slowly we evolved to that change and we saw one thing at a time that was moving along. But now the changes are happening so rapidly that we can't even keep up. And therefore, it's just so bold in our minds. It's something that sticks out much more than otherwise. Bitkufazu, he says, in our generation, when we have advanced machinery, the chashmal, miyutzer hakol b'ksab mahir, now that we have machines that can do everything quickly, gam ha'anashim shehabriyas ruyas lamuvutzam etalich mahir, the whole world is moving more quickly. And he says, people are getting more terribly debilitating illnesses than they ever had before. There was never such a reality. Says the Chafetz Chaim, everything's just happening at a much quicker pace. Next paragraph, Kimokain. So too, he says, 
לפנים היה אושר של האדם מסכים ביד במשך דור שלם, ותוקפת שני דורות. He says a person used to accumulate wealth. They were guaranteed that they're going to hold on to that wealth for a long time. אילו היום, he says, כשם שמסעשרם בין לילה, you have somebody who goes into the stock market, becomes a quick millionaire, wins a lottery, right away they become a multi-millionaire. ככה אושר קלה בכיכרן דיונה. All of that can be cleared out overnight also. And everything's just moving so fast. And you see that people are involved in scandals where they're being defrauded and victimized and swindled. And from one moment to the next, you went from being the richest person in the neighborhood to being the poorest person in the neighborhood. Look, I, I have so much pain when you think about the Madoff victims. And it's just one of so many. But it's just something that was so pronounced because there was so much talk about it in the news. But here you had people who were living... The most opulent lifestyles, they had everything in the world, left with literally nothing. What do they have? Nothing. Every penny of their life savings was in these defrauded accounts. Says the Chafetz Chaim, things are happening very, very fast. <coughs> Then the next paragraph he says, we live in a world where we believe that there is Yerida Sadoros. And he says, if there is Yerida Sadoros, then you're probably going to wonder, how could it be that we are so much wiser than in previous generations. How are we coming up with scientific breakthroughs that never existed before? Look at the next paragraph. Yadati gam yadati. Everybody has it? Next next column, next paragraph. Yadati gam yadati. If that's the case, that there's Yeridas Hadoros, then I know you're going to ask, Sheyikshe eza anashim chachamim be'inei ma'advarenu. They're going to ask, Shehadoros kalmashu humuktam ezman humuktam achachma. If you believe that those who came earlier were much wiser and much smarter, How do we have so many innovations? How do we have so many discoveries today which never existed so many years ago? Here's the big breakthrough he talks about. They have a telescope. So again, it sounds funny today, but in his days, this was, this was the biggest deal. How could it be? You have a telescope. You can see into the sky. You can see things that the naked eye is unable to see. With such precision. You see the galaxies that are way beyond our imagination. And he says so too. We have what we call a telephone, he says. I can be standing here. Somebody else could be a few miles away. And I can communicate with that person. How could it be? Now, he never imagined the cell phone. Never imagine all the things we have today. FaceTime, can you believe it? Photograph, we have cameras, we can take pictures. Somehow, scientifically, they figured out how to take the sun rays and figure... He's trying to describe what a picture is. It's hard to describe if you don't really know. Did we ever imagine such a thing could be possible? I'm going to get a picture or a still of something that's happening. I'm going to look at it later. If I go like this in the picture, it's going to be stuck like that. And then people are going to remember that that's what I did. How could such a thing be? They have a tape recorder that a person could talk into it. And after he dies, we can play it later and hear his voice. How can this be? How can this be, says the Chafetz Chaim. And I'm looking at all this and I'm asking myself, What do you mean? This whole world, Moshe Rabbeinu would not even recognize our world. The Chachami Kaladam Shlomo HaMelech would come into the world and say, What is happening here? What is this? So how can it be? Right? Did they ever imagine a computer 
with a virtual keyboard, with an iPad, with a FaceTime, with a hybrid car, with stem cell research, with all the different things, with LED lights, with SpaceX, with everything that we're seeing today, how can it be? Says the Chafetz Chaim, how do you deal with it? The answer is as follows. So I've spoken a lot about the questions that we're confronted with. And now says the Chafetz Chaim, Now listen carefully to how I'm going to respond. The answer is, it's really the opposite. I happen to love, I have a big affinity for the Mishalom of the Chafetz Chaim. First of all, because I think they're underrated. Chafetz Chaim is known for his Mishnah Bura, which is amazing. I mean, I don't know, there are other accolades we should use for that, but the Mishnah Bura is really uh, the staple of life for every Orthodox Jew. But the Mishalom of the Chafetz Chaim are so profound. So here he says, Imagine for yourself you have a teacher who's teaching Aleph Beis, the young children. He's teaching them how to identify, how to recognize all the different letters. So they know how to recognize an Aleph Beis a Gimel. That they did last year in school. Now he's teaching them how to fit in the vowels. He's teaching them how to pronounce the words. If the student is very advanced, an exceptional student, what does he have to do? He says, when you have an Aleph with its Seirei underneath, it's going to make this sound. Okay, now he teaches in Beis, it's going to make the same sound. He says, okay, now finish off. And if the child is an exceptionally bright student, when it gets to Gimel or Dalit, he's going to figure out the rest. He doesn't need the teacher to stand there and teach him everything. He got it. Okay, let's say you have someone who maybe is not as bright. So he says, you're going to teach him a little bit First letter, second letter, third letter, you get to the end of the line. Maybe by the time you get to the second line, he can already figure it out. But he needs a little bit more intervention than the first student. He's not as quick to pick it up. So you have to stand there and point out to the student exactly what they need to know for the whole first sentence, for the whole first line. And then after that, he'll be able to go further. Aval, skip down three lines. Ivan Talmud who ben lochacham. If you have a child who is of average intelligence, not an exceptionally bright student, you have to guide him for the entire row. The teacher believes that when we get to the second line, he's going to be able to do it. Now he says, what happens if you have a student who's really challenged, who really has trouble picking up the concepts, understanding what's being taught? So what does the teacher have to do? You have a whole sheet there with all the Aleph base and a bunch of different lines. And you're going to have to go through every single letter, painstakingly. And you're going to have to go over it again and again. And you're asking yourself, but I just taught you. An Aleph with its Seirei makes this sound. Now translate it. A Beis with that same Seirei should make the same sound. Why don't you get it? But some students don't pick it up right away. And you have to really try to hammer home the message to make sure that they really have an understanding. Okay, next paragraph. Kain hadavar b'inyaneinu. Last line. This is what it means in our world. Our advancements in society is It gives us the opportunity to realize how challenged we are as a generation. It used to be HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't have to send messages for every single little thing in life. So we had a Navi. What was the Navi there for? He had a major problem, a major crisis in life. You went to the Navi, you asked him what to do. 
He went to the Chacham, he tried to figure out, what do I do? But that was reserved for major problems. All the fundamentals of Judaism were fundamentals that everybody knew, everybody understood. We didn't need to send messages for that. When there was a strong sense of Amuna in the community, and everybody understood that HaKadosh Baruch was HaKadosh Baruch didn't have to send all these earthquakes and all these hurricanes and all these terrible things. There was no reason for all of that. There was no reason. Everybody had a basic fundamental understanding of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement in the world is. He says, now we deny the most basic principle in the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say in Pirkei Avos? That you should know, you should know that there's a God in the world. There's an Ayin Roeh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching us, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is listening to everything we say. No, do we really believe that? I go in the privacy of my own house. Nobody else is looking. I do what I want. I'm in business. I'm in my own corner of my own office. I'll do what I want. It's nobody else's business what's going on. It's between me and God. He's not really watching me anyway. So what does the Rebbe Shalom do? He brings Osem Alach Ruchos. He brings Shluchim into the world to give us the opportunity to understand and appreciate these realities. Here we go. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu allow our generation to have a telescope? Is it just because he knew that the scientists would be so curious and they needed to have an understanding of space? That's not why. That's the side benefit, that now we have a better understanding of the galaxies, of the space, and we have an understanding of things that are outside of the realm of possibility for people 500 years ago. How can they understand that? Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu give us a telescope? It used to be when we all had a very strong sense of emunah and everybody actually believed. We believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in a different part of the atmosphere. He's in his cosmos. Even though we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so many light years away from us, we understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching, he's observing, and he's attentive, even though he's so far away. Like we say in Tehillim, We understand that the Rebona Shalom is in a different stratosphere than we are, but also with that understanding we know that he's able to see. You look down at the world, and we shake, and we tremble, because we understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't have to prove that. It was an indisputable reality. Everybody knew that. But in our generation, says the Chafetz Chaim, people do not believe that God is actually involved. The Yomrimen, they say, they say, if I can't see God, obviously he's not here. And if he's not here, I can do what I want because he's not watching me. Mara Hashem is Baruch Lechush. Hakadosh Baruch Hu had to bring a shliach into the world to make us have an understanding of this concept. We are the challenge student that can't figure it out. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has to actually show us, in practical terms, how this can really be true, and that's the Mashal al Chaim. 
We are the weakened student who just doesn't get it. And our Kaddish Baruch Hu says, I've tried a million times to teach you that there is an Ayin Roa and an Ozen Shomas, but obviously it's not working. So we have to come up with something new. What are we going to do? I'm going to invent a telescope. I'm going to bring a new reality into the world that's going to make you have an understanding that, by the way, it's possible to be light years away from something and yet you can still see it. How can that be? That was never a possibility. That was never a reality. The answer is, now we know it to be a possibility. And the takeaway message of that is, translate that into your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He can be light years away from you but the same way you can see into the sky, you can identify the galaxies, you can see planets. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is Rochei Varavos, is able to see down Ayin Roa. He's able to see us. That's why the telescope is here. You got it all wrong. It's not that we're so much smarter. It's not that we're so much more advanced. It's that we're so much more challenged. And because of that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I have to come up with something new. This is not a new concept. This has been around forever and ever. We know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yoshe Bashamayim, and yet he can see down Allah Aretz. It's not a new idea. The whole idea was around a long time ago. But yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu realizes the student doesn't get it. This generation needs Bechush. They need practically to see that this is a reality. And only then will they begin to understand the lesson. Go to the next paragraph. Let's talk about the telephone, he says, which is an amazing breakthrough in science as well. And it's something that really boggles the mind when you think about it. How is it possible that I'm here and somebody else miles away can hear me over there and it's with clarity? He explains, When we used to have a very strong sense of belief. Everybody was careful. Make sure to go to shul. Make sure to daven every day. There was no question about it. Everybody knew We know that even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so far away from us, of course he's listening. He's the Shomea Tfila. So who would ever doubt that reality? Who would ever not take the opportunity to daven and connect with HaKadosh Baruch In our generation, Somebody turns to himself and says, this is absurd. This is absurd. You believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hears your tefillah? It's just an unreasonable belief. It's impossible. If I'm whispering here, I daven the Shemona Esri quietly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to hear me thousands of miles away, millions of miles away. How could it be? It doesn't make sense. So people stop davening. They stop taking it seriously. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay, we need a shliach to come and teach the world that this is a real possibility, that this is a reality in their lives. What are we going to do? We're going to create a telephone. What's the point of the telephone? Of course, it made life more convenient for us. And it allows us to keep up with our friends and our relatives who we otherwise wouldn't see all the time or hear from. And it has made life so convenient for us. But that's not why HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed science to come up with this breakthrough. It's because we needed it. Because we, as the students of this generation, simply don't get it. We don't believe in the efficacy of tefillah. We don't believe that it's possible to speak here and to be heard over there. And the answer is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to make you a telephone. I'm going to make you a telephone as the shliach, because you can be here, and you can have somebody on the other side of the world, in China and in Australia, who can hear you, 
tens of miles away, hundreds, thousands of miles away. Even though you have no connection, maybe you've never met each other, you don't know each other, you don't speak the same language, but yet you can hear each other. And all of that was just that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be allowed to be brought back into the conversation of tefillah. What does tefillah actually mean? The answer is, many people can't wrap their heads around it. It just simply doesn't make sense. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to do something to make it make sense to us. And that's what the phone is all about. You go to the next thing he says, A photograph. What's this all about? He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us many years ago that there is such a reality, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take notice of everything and it's all going to be recorded. And you ask yourself, what? How can a person, how can an entity remember something that happened 100 years ago? I'm already uh, 95 years old. What, HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers what happened when I was just born? It's impossible. Can't be. The answer is HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to give you a video camera. I'm going to give you a phone. You're going to be able to take a picture instantly. And what's going to happen? You're going to come back from your vacation. You're going to be able to show that video to all your friends who weren't even there. How can that be? They weren't there. How can they experience it? How can they see it? The answer is, this is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created it. That we should have the belief that it is possible to have evidence that is documented, something that you cannot deny, something that you cannot refuse, something that is indisputable evidence. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu did that because people simply don't believe that there could be such a reality. You look at a picture and you see, that is the case. That is the case. We have documentation of something that happened, even though the event is long over, even though many of us may not have been there, but we now have documentation to prove that you were there and to prove that all your friends were there or that you weren't there. How can that be? Kaddish Baruch Hu did it for a different reason, not because he wants us to have beautiful albums, not because he wants us to be able to have pictures, but rather to give us that sense of understanding that there is such a reality in the world. Go to the next next column, next paragraph. We have recording devices. When we read the following Pasuk, the Pasuk says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and it's an amazing world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to turn back around and tell us the conversations that we had. I think the Gemara learns in this Pasuk, if I'm not mistaken, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to repeat to us the conversations we have with our spouses. You think nobody's listening. You're sitting in your bedroom. You're sitting in the privacy of your own home. You think nobody else hears. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to repeat to you those conversations that happened just with you and your spouse, the closest people to you, that you assume nobody else was listening. Sha'amur Chazal, oh here. I spoke some Lashon Hara there, I said something over there, I didn't speak respectfully to somebody, I wasn't nice to them. What, HaKadosh Baruch is going to repeat all of that? That happened so many years ago, who remembers that? How can that be remembered? How can that be recalled? Once we said those words, they dissipated. It's over. It's over a long time ago. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us the opportunity to be reminded. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us the opportunity to be reminded. 
Shadiburim Yu Kayamin Kamavakamashanam, you don't have to be the Ribonashilam to be able to record words and play them later. You can be a simple person living on this earth. And you're exposed to that reality as well. And the reason for that, he says, is that we should have the understanding that HaKadosh Baruch Hu someday is going to be able to repeat to us all the conversations that we had in the same voice that we said them in and with the same inflection and the same articulation and with the proper emphasis exactly how we said it, everything's going to be played back exactly how it was. How can that be? The answer is, go listen to a tape. Go listen to a recording. And you understand that that's a reality. So why should it be so far-fetched that in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world it can be such a reality as well? And says the Chafetz Chaim, we just need to realize that in every generation HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates new messengers. There are so many messengers that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends our way. And the problem is, many people just are not tuned into the frequency. So in the days of Mordechai and Esther, most of the people who were there did not really appreciate Mordechai was a shliach, Esther was a shliach, Haman, Achashverosh, Hasach, Big Son, Seresh, all the different people, everyone was simply a messenger of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, the Pasuk says in Mishlei, Lei Malachim Vesarim Biyad Hashem. They say in the name of the Briskarab that he said, there are people in life that you're jealous of. You want this person's lifestyle, you want this person's job, you want that person's nachas, you want this person's house, whatever. You can be jealous of different people. You're not supposed to be, but sometimes a person can feel jealous of other people. Said the Briskarov, there's somebody in the world I would never in a million years be jealous of. Who is that? The head of state, a head of country, a president of a country, a prime minister of a country. He has no Bechira. Leib malachim v'sarim biyad Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes you a puppet, puts you in charge, and he says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You're going to take the blame for it. You're doing nothing. You're not making decisions. The Meiri explains, why is it that Leib malachim v'sarim biyad Hashem? He says, when I have Bechira, I'm a personal, I'm, a, I'm an individual. So I have a chira, I can decide, I want to do this, I want to do that. I want to eat this for breakfast, I want to eat that for breakfast. I'm going to make a bracha, I'm not going to make a bracha. I'm going to go swimming today, I'm not going to go... Whatever, you make decisions, whatever you want. It's your life, or it impacts just a few people around you. When you're the person who's the head of state, you're going to make decisions that are going to impact millions of people. You think HaKadosh Baruch is going to allow you to hold the keys to millions of people's lives? Impossible! You don't have the ability to make a decision that's going to be right for everybody. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu suspends your Bechira and says, I'm going to take over. But I'm going to make you the pawn who's going to be my shaliach for whatever it is. Letav or Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's horrible. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses those individuals as the shluchim. But often we don't realize it. Often we don't realize it. And it's in so many different tchumim, it's in so many different parts of our lives where we realize that there are shluchim being sent by the Ribbon Shalom in so many different kinds of ways not just people, not just individuals, but as the Chafetz Chaim says, every new advancement in technology and scientific breakthrough is all there for us to have a perspective, to have an understanding of the basic fundamental concepts of Yiddishkeit that used to be all a given, that used to be so accepted, that used to be so fundamental and simple for everybody, but yet we're challenged and we don't get the message. And therefore says the Chafetz Chaim HaKadosh Baruch who says, I have to come up with new ways of understanding how I'm going to get the message across. And this is really what I, what I thought about it. as we read the story of Mordechai and Esther and think about the schus, the privilege that they had to be the shluchim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to realize there are so many different shluchim of the Ribbana Shalom in so many different ways. And all we need to do is tune ourselves in just a little bit, get on the right frequency and begin to appreciate and understand 
what it is that HaKadosh Baruch is trying to communicate with all of us. You know, there was just a terrible earthquake. We're all very, very well aware of the fact that there was a terrible natural disaster and tens of thousands of people were killed. It was just a, a terrible, terrible tragedy. But when you look in the Gemara, the Gemara says that when one experiences an earthquake, you make a bracha. Why do you make a bracha? Because you recognize that this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu talking to you. Obviously, the Gemara is not talking to the people who died in an earthquake. It's talking about the people who survived an earthquake, the people who witnessed an earthquake, the people who hear about an earthquake. And the Gemara says, what exactly is an earthquake? What is it all about? Something just goes wrong? Yes. So the scientists have a whole cheshman to figure out why an earthquake happens there and what's the likelihood it's going to happen over there. It's the Ribbon Shalom. Says the Gemara, what's an earthquake all about? It's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets angry about something and he almost stamps his feet, the Gemara says. Here he is sitting on the Kisei HaKavod and he gets so upset with how things are going in the world and he claps his hands or he snaps his feet or he stamps his feet and all of a sudden, there's destruction. That's exactly what we see. Says the Gemara, this is a reality. This is a reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu using that natural phenomenon, that natural disaster as a means of communication. But many people don't get it. And many people will sit and break down the reality and say, oh, we're going to figure out, we're going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to figure out how this happened, why it happened, were we protected, weren't we protected, why didn't they predict it properly, and how did we miss the signs? All that's wonderful, but you're missing the boat. You're missing the boat that this was HaKadosh Baruch Hu sending Shluchim as a way for all of us to be communicated with, because we don't have Nevi'im today. And as a result of that, we have to come up with more creative ways. And that really says the Chafetz Chaim is how we have an understanding and an appreciation for all the breakthroughs. It's not that now there is Chadash Ta'achas Hashemesh, but rather we're taking old concepts, old concepts that existed forever, and we're just implementing them in so many different kinds of ways. Anyway,